He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to A Good Talk Spoiled, week 41. I'm James Richardson, and I'm sadly delighted to say that I'm joined with a very smug Barry O'Hanrahan this week. Hey, Barry. Bittersweet, eh? Yeah, well, Hi, we'll, co- we'll come on to that in a second. And again, uh, from Sweden, we have Alan Donnelly. Hey, Alan. Hey, guys. Uh, Bobby's away at the moment uh, on holidays. I think he sneaked the golf clubs into the into the cargo of the plane to, to he, the stage. Yeah, he, she just brought like one pair of underwear, one t-shirt, shorts, and um, no socks or anything. He's just working on his Bermuda grass pudding. I think he left the baby at home. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> he, took, he took the real baby, which is yeah. the golf clubs, I think, isn't it? Yeah, he put the golf clubs in the, in the buggy and left the baby in the golf bag. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's getting a few nice uh, rounds of golf in and some warm weather, which is sadly lacking in Ireland at the moment, but... Um, again, just just as we always do at the very start, just want to thank everybody for all the views that you've given over the course of the last seven days on Twitter. Um, if you do want to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Any views or opinions you have or any items you'd like us to talk about, our Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS. And we are also under the Facebook, I think... A good talk spoiled golf is, podcast. Yeah, you yeah. find it if you plug in a good talk spoiled. So yeah, uh, that's all right. And, and the email address is a good talk spoiled at gmail dot com. So um, I was about to say normally I say we have loads to talk about this week, but it's been a bit kind of like the calm after the storm that there's not a vast amount of 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 golfing news. But we'll we'll get to it in a minute. And of course, sure, I think probably because there's no golfing news, we'll just skip this week's uh, our own game review because sure nobody you didn't play Alan did you? No and if we're going to talk about it I'm going to tune out for probably the next three hours if Barry's going to start talking. Well I think I think there may be a separate podcast uh, for, for Barry <laughs> yeah. will put up uh, well <clears throat> I, I did play at the weekend I, I had 33-34 points so I didn't get a point one back in the end yeah, no, in the buffer, so I'm, yeah. I'm still at 14 so yeah, I'm hanging back, on. Your back nine is some good battling in the back nine yeah, no, I played, I played, I was happy with most of what I played, I just had a couple of bad holes which, you know, set me behind the eight ball and I just didn't quite get going again, but mm. uh, but Barry, you had a pretty woeful weekend of golf and uh, I don't think any of our listeners really care, so uh, will we just move on? Fire, yeah, sure, uh, <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a pretty bad day, you beat me on Saturday. Um, oh, that's true, I forgot that. You did, you beat me by one on Saturday. Um, and I beat you by two, you had 31, did you not? A 30, oh, two, yeah, stand corrected. <laughs> um, I got um, incredibly motivated because my dad had 44 points, he was playing all 15 and he was the only person on the course to have over 40 points that day, so it was a truly fun, phenomenal performance. Yeah. And he lost. It was very windy. It was very windy, so I was say he was... I think he was one over gross for the last 12 holes, which is really good golf that day. So he lost 2.4 shots. So I just didn't like he was getting that close to me. So I went out on Sunday. And I think we're under time pressure here, guys. We should probably move We are, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went out on Sunday and I changed one thing, which was, I used to line up my ball for my putts and I just decided I was getting too technical. So I just put the logo face up and just started putting and it changed everything. And I held a lot of putts. 
And end result was I shot 40 points and lost a bit more off my handicap. Got a, an exceptional scoring reduction. So I've hit my all-time low of 10.5. And, um, so 11 then? 11, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's, golfasshole.com. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's a bit late in the season to be hitting form, but it's nice. nice that it comes. I, I think that the, the, the joke and the irony of it is that you, you say you didn't get technical about the positioning of the golf ball or the logo on the golf ball but you were probably thinking the inside outside swing around the back were you because you you tend to spend most of your time thinking that's an inch outside the arc i was definitely doing the vajegas for uh, for lining up the putts yeah no i just needed needed to change something you know if it's not working you know the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing expecting different results so um and you're you're the poster boy for it as well absolutely yeah (laughs) i did see um i did see your card and you were Looked like you puked your way over the line as well. I I had a, I had a had a couple of bad holes in the way, and yeah, they were fifteen, sixteen, were back into the teeth of the wind. Oh, the famous the famous fifteenth again. I, I scrambled a bogey. I scrambled a bogey on fifteen. But what, uh, what did six, you hit? Nine iron, nine iron, nine iron, no, nine no, iron. Put put. Lo, low snap hook drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few a few long irons and um, nearly nearly held the putt for a par. But sixteen was an atrocious swing. Um, but anyway, it was, it was good. It was nice, nice to win. So myself, my dad, I won. I won the Sunday competition. He won the Saturday competition. So and you both got a bit of a mention on the on the email list yeah. going around that that obviously you weren't too happy with his your dad winning on Saturday. So pretty much, yeah, it was it was nice, nice. It was just, it's a good win. Get some get some prize vouchers to put more towards more golf balls. And and over the last uh, the last week, we were looking at a website called NoLayingUp.com, and they do what. Um, seems like it's 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 great great article actually and if you if you haven't seen it you should go on to it and we'll tweet it later but it uh it's it's basically acting like a pro and it's it's bits and pieces like you know the lingo and the twirl you know that Mm. you take the to the amateur game you take what the pros do you must have probably gone through every single one of them on that round of golf Uh, absolutely yeah this was created by a guy called chris solomon um and himself and his friends just kind of got bored playing their own rounds of golf amongst each other. And they decided to pretend that they were playing in front of galleries. And then it became a thing of they tried to one-up each other. So, they, you know, they'd hit, they'd hit a shot and regardless of the results, they'd do the fancy club twirl that twi- Tiger does and Rory does. And, you know, they, they, you know they, say they'd mark their ball on the green. They'd pick it up and throw it at one of the other guys as if he was their caddy to try, you know, clean the ball from so um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, as any, as everyone who listens to the show, I, I'm a big fan of one they call the interview, which is uh, you know you, you hear Phil Nicholson coming in after his rounds talking about him how he flighted the ball really well that day, and you know he's working on his process and things like that. So um, yeah, it's it's a brilliant article, and the guys Chris Solomon was discussing their, their latest podcast as well on NoLayingUp.com, and they're on Twitter as well at NoLayingUp. You should definitely give them a follow, and um, they're they're really funny. Got a great take on the game. I'd say Alan. When I was reading a few of these, and I thought to myself, which ones would Alan do? I I reckon you do the divot fix. You know that moment uh, where. <laughs> I actually looked at him. I said Barry is a lot to do the divot fix, and the the uh, the other one. What's the one where you tap down the uh, spike marks and stuff like that after you make the putt? <laughs> <laughs> and also and Barry obviously also likes to sabotage the hole as well after he takes his ball out of it stop doing that actually I stopped doing that 
have, have you ever been tempted to do the crowd wave? You know, the the uh, the subtle, even though there's nobody around the uh, the crowd wave. Because I think I've in my head done that probably on every hole. I've oh, you do that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you just you pick the ball. You pick the James picks the ball up out of the hole and kind of the hand goes into the half wave position, but he doesn't fully commit to a big wave. So it's a real subtle, like yeah, of course I expected to make that fifty footer for double bogey and just kind of walks off. But um, it's it's a it's a br- it's brilliant, and we've all done most of these at some stage or other. The, the I, I, I'm going to do it. The, the good one is the wind change, I think, because it gives you an excuse for any bad shot you ever hit. So anytime I hit a bad shot now, I'm going to throw a piece of wind throw a piece of grass up in the air oh yeah like it's there's some there's just every one of them you can relate to yourself the the one that is definitely me was probably more last season than this season is the throwing the club away after i've hit a the end of the swing and letting it go yeah um you know where you you swing through and instead of holding the the club at the end you just kind of it flings behind your back (laughs) and then kind of go oh it was one of those ones eh yeah tiger was great at that for a while um, I'm a big fan of the uh, the directional point, you know, when a you know, pro hits a shot like miles left or miles right, and basically they just point with the club where the ball's going instead of shouting for, as, you know, as a courtesy to the marshal far down the fairway to help him spot which direction the ball's going. I mean, and even on the no-laying-up um, Twitter, their header picture is brilliant because it's uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Swartzel, and like two or three other caddies, and like two or three marshals, and it's at the the Open Championship this year, and every single one of them is pointing to the right to indicate that the ball is going right for a drive. It's just yeah, quality. It's, it's, a, it's a quality. Uh, it's a quality article, and 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 my my final one, and one that I've never done, but I would love to do someday. And I reckon Alan, you wouldn't have a problem with this because you're never that far off the fairway. But the um. The apology, where you go up and you know, if 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 I hit a drive and I accidentally get anywhere close to a player on another fairway, I'm gonna go up and start signing my glove, <laughs> and handing it to them, and see what their reaction is, <laughs> because I just think you just like if you just walked up to somebody in our golf club and went, "I'm so sorry, here I'll sign the glove for you," <laughs> I'd love to know what their reaction would be. They'll, they'll probably only be off the tee box when you hit your drive next time, just so you can do it. <laughs> Yeah, so like oh, anyone anyone who's gone out for a game this weekend, we did a little bit of it last weekend. Just pretend you're playing in front of a massive gallery and just do all the thing, the ridiculous things that only pros do when they're playing in front of big crowds. It's uh, it's great fun. Well, it's definitely given us a lot of enjoyment uh, over the last week, and it's definitely worth the viewing if uh, you haven't seen it. NoLayingUp.com. And the only other news that I I suppose I have is that I uh, have been. Um, Selected to play against the solicitors of Ireland in Royal Dublin on Sunday in a in a match play tournament, which uh, is a great honour for me. Anyway, I, I don't know how I got it or why I got it, but I'm going to take it and run. Um, Alan, you you played Royal Dublin a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've never played it. Any uh, any hints or tips that I I need for next uh, next Sunday? Yeah, I'd say bring a few golf balls with you. It's um, I my dad's member there now, so I I, I played. A couple of weeks ago, but I haven't played in quite a while. It's it's a tough course. It's uh, the front line's not too bad, but the back line is a beast because it's generally into the wind. So it's going to beat you up, James. It will, really stop. will. Um, it's it's a links course. It's out on the coast in kind of yeah. Dublin Bay, isn't it? That's yeah, kind of near Port Marnock. It's, it's a super course now. It's it's a very good links course, and they played a lot of Irish amateurs there, and uh, they used to play the Irish Open years ago there. 
but it's uh, it's a very good course, but it's it's tough. It's long. It, it can play very long. Okay, we'll just be on speed dial. So if I need your help or advice, uh, need that Alan come in as caddy on the well, phone. Well, that would be that would be helpful. Uh, I just couldn't afford his exorbitant fees. I'm still a bit emotionally scarred from it from a couple of weeks ago, so I'm probably not the person to ask. Oh really? Is it anything like the island? I haven't played the island in years, years. so I'm not sure. Yeah, I've, yeah well, I haven't played Royal Dublin. i played the island. It's kind of out near Malahide and that kind of bay area as well. And just uh, it's, a, it's a cracking golf course, but very difficult. It has one fairway that is literally as wide as a strip of sellotape. I think it's the narrowest fairway in Ireland. Yeah, it's, uh, I played I played the island. It, it, the Royal Dublin is certainly one that I've, I've actually really mm. wanted to play, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I just very hope jealous. that I play well now uh, over the weekend, so I'm, I'm going to be... Hey, look, hitting me. the driving range someday this weekend, this week. Before Worst I case scenario of a lot of tour sauce to bust out all over the place. That's you know? true, and you know, they're, they're, I just say I better make sure I'm not playing against a solicitor who briefs me because I'll have to probably give them a lot of very generous putts. But anyway, um, it runs alongside the, the strand there, James. So you can do the crowd wave to all the people walking on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can. I can throw the hand in the air when my ball goes flying towards them. Yeah. Um, well, go, going from from the very amateur to the to the very best uh, in the news this week, uh, Rory McIlroy was voted the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Um, I suppose it was probably no huge surprise the fact that he had won what the two two majors and uh, one of the WGCs. Um, was there anybody? Was this a foregone conclusion, or was there anybody who actually genuinely was competing with him for this? Nobody, absolutely. Like, there's just couldn't nobody got even close to him. I mean, his PGA Tour stats. We'll, we'll do a little bit of stats because Bob's missing, and we all know Bob loves his stats. But um, on the PGA Tour this year, Rory had 17 starts, and in every uh, event, every one of those events, he finished in the top 25. Um, so he had three wins, um, obviously his two majors and the the Bridgestone, uh, two runners up, and 12 top tens. So. It was it was just a phenomenal performance. I think he, he led the the stroke average, pretty much everything else you could lead in the stats this year. So, do you don't have and this is me asking you now on air rather than off air, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And um, you don't have side by side for the previous year because for a man who was meant to be down and out since the titleist changes and then going into Nike and just the poor run of form and you know he was he was he was done for. You know, just ended up. Uh, it's 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 an incredible it's an incredible turnaround, isn't it, Alan? In in twelve months for a player that a lot of players or a lot of pundits were starting to question whether or not he had made the worst decision of his life. Well, I think I think hindsight is showing that it, it probably wasn't the clubs that was the problem, because since he since he's been released back into the wild of single life, he's uh, he's gone great. Sure, did he only broke up with Wozniacki? I think in. Was it about May or June? The BMW Championship in England in Wentworth. That was before he won that, yeah. Yeah, so that's in May. So he won that, and then he won two majors in the WGC all in the space of three months. And pretty much any time he teed it up, he was in the mix. So I, I, obviously the clubs had an impact, but it seems to be the personal life was a pretty a pretty big distraction as well. Well, I can tell you that um, I know people who were involved in um the uh the, the the company that he was with and there was rumors kind of fairly loudly going around that after a couple of events where he hadn't played particularly well 
he was jumping on a flight on a Sunday night and flying back to Europe to spend kind of 24, 48 hours with Wozniacki and then flying back to the States for first thing on a, on a Wednesday morning to do the, the pro-am or to do a practice round and that he wasn't actually doing any practicing. So I think you're probably right. It, it, it definitely seems to be one of the, the big differences is that he, uh, he's actually just refocused his attention on actually playing golf. But, um, the, the strokes game putting, I think, is also a very interesting uh, stat, Barry, that that compared to 2012, uh, sorry, 2013 and 2014, he was minus 0.92, uh, sorry, 0, 0, 0.092 yeah. on strokes game putting in 2013. And then in 2014, he is 0.273. So that's all over a stroke he's gained there. And uh, if you look at his scoring average in 2013, was 70.2. And his scoring average this year was 68.8. So, you know, he's gained a stroke and a half in, a, you know, in average in one year. So, I mean, just, there, there was nobody even close to touching him for the player of the year vote this year. Um, should also give a mention to Chesson Hadley, who won the rookie of the year. So, he had a tour win and a good few top 25. So, he's definitely one to keep an eye on this year as he... Goes into his second year on seat, on uh, on tour. He's not in the top two hundred by any chance, is he? I'd say he's well inside the top two hundred because he's a win on the PGA Tour is incredibly valuable in terms of golf um, golf ranking points. I'll have a quick look for that as we continue the the show. Yeah, well, the other the other news, um, Brad, Brad Snedeker, and we tweeted this earlier mm. from uh, from the a good talk spoiled at, at podcast GTS Twitter handle, and uh, he uses a four iron to. Uh, basically, he's clay pigeon shooting, and he uses uh, he he hits a four iron shot which smacks straight through it. And um, Alan, did you see this uh, this shot? No, I haven't actually seen it yet. I uh, I saw the link you guys sent to me, but I haven't seen it. But it sounds it sounds like it's pretty impressive. But I need to uh, I need to take some inspiration from it. I think. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty awesome shot. I remember the the European Tour website actually they have a nice little series of videos called Every Shot Imaginable. And when they were they were out in one of the, the desert tournaments there a year or maybe two years ago, they did a similar thing with clay pigeon stuff, and the lads were hitting off the sand, and uh, I think one one of them got it in the end as well. So it's a phenomenal shot, and you wonder if he was there swinging all day just trying to hit it. Well, you'd love to see the outtakes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so swing, swing one thousand and forty seven might have been the one that got it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose talking about the European tour, um. Interesting news this week that the European Open is going to make a reappearance after a six-year absence from the European tour schedule. Now, last week you said that the tour schedule hadn't been actually announced and, and finalised. They must be listening to us. It seems that they have announced this week that the Hartl Re- Resort in Germany will play host to the European Open from September 24th to 27th with a prize fund of £2 million. So... Putting that in perspective of the Irish Open, the Irish Open isn't that far behind in the prize fund. I think this year we were about 1.5. So mm. um, it's interesting that the European Open is making a comeback. Talking about other things European tour-based, uh, Patrick Reed has decided that clearly he hasn't had um, enough enjoyment playing match play and the UK golf courses because he's decided to put his name forward for the Volvo match play in the London Golf Club at the weekend after this, October 15th to 19th. A couple of the European Ryder Cup players are playing um, or have already announced that they're going to play, which is McDowell, who's did the defending championship, Stenson, Bjorn, Donaldson, Dubuisson and Gallagher. So um, maybe a bit of fist pumping, Alan, this, uh, in, in a couple of weeks with 
Patrick, are you getting the crowd up and up and moving again? I hope so. I hope so. It's good to see. Um, of, nothing like a bit of aggro on the golf course. Yeah, well, I hope he brings that spirit again. It would be great. I hope the crowd mm. actually that week, you know, start shushing him and you know, <laughs> finger up to the up to the mouth, which would be great because it's uh, it's a good event and it would be interesting to see. Uh, he seems he to, just, a bit of spark he seems to just feed on that, though, doesn't he? The, that kind of tension in the air. He just seems to revel in that kind of atmosphere. And he was, he was, he was the best player for the US in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, so the, be good I, to see him over. Good to see him over here at that. I think the only other, the only other news was um, Adam Scott turned down the option to play in the, uh, the 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 PGA Grand Slam of golf in Bermuda uh, that same weekend, and uh, or just leading up to that weekend. Uh, Rory McIlroy is going to play Keimer and Bubba. This is the event that the, the four major winners turn up for basically a money-making scheme. And uh, I'm not sure whether or not Adam Scott was overly bothered, but he turned it down. And uh, Jim Furyk uh, is uh, taking sloppy seconds and is uh, heading over to play instead. Betcha Jim still doesn't win this, even though it's a four-man event. I'm sure he'll blow up, he'll blow up on the last round. <laughs> well, it's only it's only thirty six holes. So. <laughs> uh, no, that might help. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's screwing with the mentality that it's seventy two. Yeah, if, like if, if Jim played on the LPGA tour, it'd be great because they only play fifty four hole events. He seems to do. He seems to lead everything after three rounds. I'm not even going to touch that uh, uh, when it comes to the ladies PGA tour. Uh, so we're going to move very quickly on and talk that Rory uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we seem to be talking constantly about the Nike Vapor uh, driver. He put into the bag this week the irons and Barry, you were having a quick look at these um, mm-hmm. in what I think is now starting to become very quickly known as our equipment corner section for people. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, soon, soon to be sponsored by uh, any manufacturer that wants to sponsor it for well, us. Well, at the moment, it's sponsored by Nike because that's all we're <laughs> talking about. So, uh, and, and rightly so, they're kind of at the forefront of everything with Rory winning everything left, right, and centre at the moment. Even on the weeks off, and he's not playing golf, he's still winning things with his Player of the Year. So, um, as you can all imagine, the new Vapor Pro irons have the uh, the wonderful greeny yellow neon. I don't know, so you can play golf in the dark. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It's great. I, um, so he he kind of he stuck with the same shaft and grips. Um, his shaft, for anyone who wants to know, is a Royal Precision Project X 7.0, and he uses Golf Pride multi compound grips. But um, just a, a little bit a bit about the irons that there's more weight positioned out towards the toe on these to move the center of gravity towards the center of the face. Um, obviously, Rory is that good. He's finding the center of face more often than uh, than not so uh, just like myself and Alan Barry you know pretty much yeah yeah it's, and, um, how are your clubs how's the centre grabbing your clubs when you're doing a club twirl does it kind of just flow right down between your they fingers do, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. it, nice, it nice. also they, they fly more straight when I let them go behind my back <laughs> So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how Rory gets on with these um, over the coming weeks. He did not do too badly with them there this week in the Alfred Dunhill up in Scotland. No, and we're going to come on to that uh, tight, tight second, uh, but we'll, we'll deal with that in a second. Callaway have also announced the Big Bertha Alpha 815 driver. Um, I've always had a soft spot for the Callaway Big Berthas. It was the first driver that I ever, proper driver I ever got fitted and got. Um it does a lot of fancy things, all of which makes absolutely no sense to me, so I'm just going to simply read it out. It's something to do with moving the centre of gravity higher or lower, depending on which way you want to move the setup. But we're going to have a better look. I only got to see this today, and we'll have a better look at it over the course of the week. But yeah. 
It's going to be a little bit cheaper than the Titleist, which might be of interest to yeah. people. It's because the Titleist uh, is 915. This is 100 less, isn't it? It's 815. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what we'll do, we'll, we'll tweet up a link to the, the press release on it, just give people a look at it. I know I know, I put up some information on the Twitter account last week on the, the Titleist, so um, we'll try kind of keep consistent stuff going up about the new clubs. Yeah, and, and certainly they're coming thick and fast at this stage. So um, yeah, Santa season is coming soon. Certainly is, and uh, Santa season has arrived for you two lads now because we're on to the rules-related question, and uh, we are still three behind Alan. Okay, so I'm 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 expecting a bit of movement here this uh, week. Come on, running out of time as well. or patience or interest, I'd say. Well, look, uh, this is an and/or question, so there's only an A or B this week. So the question is: Barry is in the process of his swing when, on the downswing, the club head separates from the shaft of the club. Barry does not make contact with the ball. What is the ruling? A. As the club broke in the downswing, it is not considered a stroke, so the player simply retakes the shot. Or B. As the club broke in the downswing, it is considered a stroke and must be added to the player's score. Barry, you are first. I've had two clubs break on, well, I've had a few club heads come off before, but not before hitting the ball. Uh, so... I'm going to go with A. I don't think I should be punished for uh, the glue failing on my club. Okay, Barry is A. Alan? Uh, um, I didn't really even need to listen to the question because I made a decision beforehand that I was going to go the opposite to Barry. So <laughs> I don't I'm desperate now. I'm just clutching at straws. Well, well I, I suppose it's not a, a surprise that somebody has won um, in Good relation job, Alan. to it. So, um, Alan, you are, in fact, actually the winner. Um <laughs> Yes, uh, well, well, well thought out, and, and I'm sure, Alan, if I had asked you before, you told me B, you would have said that due to the decision rule fourteen three, because you were commencing the downswing, you had started the continuation of your stroke, and on that basis, the break of the club happened in the stroke, and as such, it is considered a stroke, and you have to continue to add it. If, however, if, however. It ends up, yes, well, if, if, if it had broken on the upswing, yeah. it is not considered a stroke, and you could then just retake the shot without penalty. Ah, here. That's what I was thinking. That, well, absolutely, Alan, I could see it in your face. Do you remember Tiger used to kind of pull out halfway through the shot? That's fine, because he doesn't complete the swing. It's the completion of the swing. I'm, um, I'm such an idiot, I can't believe I completed a swing and the head came off. So, so well... <laughs> There's another joke in there somewhere, and I'm not going to touch that don't, today. Don't, don't, please don't touch it. <laughs> also, Tiger's club didn't break. Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, I I I, th- I thought it was an interesting one. Uh, it's uh, one that maybe somebody out there has had a problem on the golf course, and the club has fallen off, and has been sitting there scratching their head, going, uh, "What do we do about the ruling?" So we'll go back to your pro and ask him to fix your clubs first. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it. I think it happened to you when you were taking practice swings because I was starting to realise yeah. that you probably should have been disqualified for signing a wrong card if that had been uh... could have been yeah I know I know it's happened to me a couple of times heads have come off after hitting the ball but um, never on the downswing and without successfully hitting the ball um, so yeah Okay, well, uh, well. more importantly, Alan is now back to two. Oh, the best uh, thing is that the competition is now alive again, Alan not dwindling three behind. I think I might just ask, uh, ask from now on and or questions, Alan, so you have a best chance to uh, to actually do it. Um, I think 
Barry is going to Jim Fear the shit out of this competition. <laughs> that's, or, a, that's a lock. Or similar to how he played at the weekend. He'll just cough his way over the line after a really poor last couple of holes. I hope not. Well, look, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. The Dunhill Lynx Championship took place... Uh, this is also kind of a pro-am as well, so it's 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 a bit of bit of fun for everybody, but not so much fun for uh, Englishman Oliver Wilson, who was a one-time world top 50 player. He wins by one shot ahead of world number one, Rory McIlroy, Richie uh, Ramsey and uh, Tommy Fleetwood to claim the 625,000 euro first prize. Um, he went into the week world number 792. He had lost his tour card in 2012 and he had made a very paltry 20,000 euros in 19 Challenge Tour and a couple of European Tour appearances this season. It was an absolutely vital win for him, but I have to say, I don't think we could begrudge it to him, could we, Barry? No, not at all. I mean, not many people remember, he played Ryder Cup at one stage, so um, this is a guy who was seriously down in the doldrums, and um, you could you can kind of gauge from the reaction of the pros on Twitter... Um, how one, how nice this guy is, and two, how they can all identify with the slide he's gone on over the last few years. And um, it's it's amazing how these guys are all so good. It just takes one or two little things to turn it all around for him. And um, I heard that he went to Robert Rock's Golf Academy a couple of weeks ago. Um, Robert Rock's a tour pro, but he has a golf academy in England. And uh, Rock said, look, your swing looks good, you know. He made a couple of minor adjustments. And I, did he change the, the logo on the ball while putting? He did exactly what I did. I tweeted him before on Wednesday. I was like, listen, Ollie, you got to change this shit up. And he, no, what he did do was change his driver. And that that got him uh, you know, a lot more confidence with the driver. He said that was something he'd been struggling with a lot. And it just it all fell into place. You know, he got, a, he got a sponsor's invite this week. He rolls up to... You know, the home of golf obviously just gets a great buzz. You know, it's such an amazing place. We were there earlier in the year. And um, he had good memories from that tournament before having finished second uh, once upon a time. And off he went. And I, I, I watched him, his round on Saturday, like every shot he hit. And I, I don't think he hit an iron shot outside of 15 foot. It, it was actually a head scratcher as to how he was only seven under for the, the, the round. It, it was just a sensational round of golf. And the, the amazing thing as well was he started the final round three shots ahead and and within a couple of holes the lead was gone and he all of a sudden he was two behind at one stage I think. So it's actually to go in with a three shot lead and then to come back and actually turn it around was was very impressive. Uh, I said, the one thing I found very interesting, I saw an interview with McElroy after the end of it and you see how pumped up Wilson is and how it's changed his life, basically. And McElroy then was talking about saying he couldn't get his excitement levels above a 3 out of 10 in the final round. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, when he's going to try and win a tournament, he didn't really he didn't really care. Oh and there's Wilson God. over there probably playing for his career. Well, I think I, I think it, it just... And that's the bit that, you, you know, you can't begrudge it to him because it just means so much like this is a player who I think now will jump into the top 160 in the world mm -hmm. he's got his tour card I assume he gets two, an exemption again years. so two year exemption he's going to the race of Dubai mm -hmm. you know he's he's it, it's a new lease of life for the guy and you know a Ryder Cup player as you say Barry a few few years back or a few tournaments back you know it is nice to see that kind of maybe maybe the likes of Pora could take some uh some solace in this and, and, and realise that the career can still keep going. Uh, 
actually thought about was the first name that came to my head was Nick Doherty. I was thinking, geez, if a guy like Wilson comes back, you'd love to see a guy like Nick Doherty come back and start playing well. But um, it was interesting actually. I, I didn't realize Wilson was the uh, is the leading the leading money winner on the European Tour for players without a win coming wow. uh, before he won this week, and he's done nothing in what probably three or four years, and he's still young enough. He's, uh, I'm not sure what age he is, but he's, he can't be any more than mid thirties. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually sure what age he is. Uh, he certainly doesn't seem seem that old uh, in in terms of it. I think like he's only 33, 34 or something. Like yeah, it's nine four and ninety eighty. Just had his birthday there last month, so thirty four. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a life changer. It really is. The next two years of his life sorted, guaranteed European tour money. Probably get a nice sponsor on board now as well. And well, that's and that's what it, like I suppose we look at players like you know him and. Um, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about Anthony Kim, you know, Ryder Cup player and all of a sudden kind of disappears from the game completely. You know, Oliver Wilson again, Ryder Cup player. You know, I, ho- I hope the, the the trend doesn't continue and he doesn't uh, it doesn't happen to someone like, you know, Stephen Gallagher and all of a sudden Ryder Cup player and then disappears afterwards. But I'm just looking there at uh, the last the last tournament that he played in was the Kazakhstan Open. Um, where he shot Oliver Wilson. That was a couple of weeks so, ago. He um, shot. He shot a tour course record there. So there were there were signs there, but like you can never predict. You know, coming from the Challenge Tour and you know having one good round, uh, he did. I think he did sixty three, and then followed it up with two seventy sixes. So you know, clearly there was it was a bit inconsistent, but it was just one of those dream weeks, and it all came together. And um, he he got over the line where a couple of others kind of faltered coming down the stretch. Yeah, and fell into places. Well, R- Rory Rory didn't fall at the stretch. He fell in the first. Uh, <laughs> you know, double bogey. Now I think he went on and was he birdied the next four or five. Um, you know, which was was impressive. But was there anybody else like a couple? You know, tied eighteenth for Rory McIlroy. Shane Lowry again Rory's tied, tied, six. tied second. Um, sorry, Rory. Yeah, poor Carrington was tied eighteenth. Uh, um. Shane Lowry was tied six. There was decent enough scores from a few of the Irish lads if we take a kind of a more local look at it. Um, but other than that, there wasn't really any real stories on the professional side. Probably more interesting stories on the, the pro-am side than uh, than that. Isn't that right, Barry? These lads are bandits. Like, the scores come in. So they play four ball, better ball. The amateurs play off slightly more forward tees than the pros. But nothing crazy here. And you've got, you know... Whoa, Eight, nine, nine teams who are 30 under par or better and the winning score was 37 under par from uh, our own Peter Laurie and uh, his partner Kieran McManus who is JP McManus's son who seems to be a perennial top 20 pro-hand player McManus's? in this event. yeah, oh, yeah they're they... JP I think he won it a couple of years ago he's always there or thereabouts well they, they play four rounds in this competition every year they're always in the top 20 um, JP but, does but Peter Lowry missed the cut on his own card isn't that right yeah yeah. Like he so... was only my I think he was three under after after that so he missed the cut and they finished minus 37 his uh, so, yeah. Kieran McManus must have sh- shot a pretty decent card to uh yeah, I hope his handicap secretary is checking his card now for his scores, and it's uh, it, there's there's some serious scoring goes on in this golf course. I mean, speaking from experience, you can't help but be inspired when you're there in the kind of in St Andrews and in that part of Scotland. And yeah, I guess it, it can bring out some sensational golf, and it sh- certainly shows in the scores. I say Kieran McManus was, was going around there, going, "Who is this donkey I'm playing with?" <laughs> carrying him around. I wonder if anybody over the course of that weekend accidentally hit their pro's golf ball, though. 
But uh, on a more serious note, uh, well, it's not serious because it's the pro am. But uh, um, Rory Rory ended up uh, tied fifth with his dad, um, and there was a few other decent names like uh, Brian O'Driscoll tied twelfth, um, Stephen Redgrave uh, tied seventeenth, and and a few others down the line that uh, you know some 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 decent uh, pro pro play pro am players. Uh, I just I, I struggle to get into the the, comp, the downhill links. I just can't watch it. I think it's it's pay, it's painful to watch. If I wanted to watch um, crap golfers play, I'd go out and watch Barry play most weekends. But, uh, <laughs> I'll send you a video. It's, hey, it's, it's a great. crap golfer, but pro at tour sauce. <laughs> Which uh, like, the rounds take about six hours, and it's just, and you you spend half the time watching the the amateurs play. Well, talking about watching amateurs play, and I can only say that. Uh, the amateur hour that seems to be continuing is the Ryder Cup fallout over in the US. We have an open letter from Tom Watson this week. Um, we have revelations that Tom Watson got a sudden change of heart in the Webb Simpson decision to play him as a as a a wild card choice over Bill Haas because of a text message. Barry, you've had a look at this. What do you make of this uh, this, this ongoing saga of the US just I'm, imploding at the moment? I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the, the signs were there that it was all falling to pieces, um, and you know when Phil when, when the whole the press conference saga with Phil Mickelson, and it's just it just seems to be gathering momentum like a snowball going downhill, and it, it doesn't shock me at all. Apparently, a few of the players had been told, a few of the players who were on the team had been told that Bill Haas was one of the picks. And by the next morning, Tom Watson, when he was announcing his picks, had changed his mind because Webb Simpson had been texting him during the night. And I think they had a phone call at four or five in the morning. And uh, poor old Bill Haas got the got the boot. And Webb Simpson got in and played absolutely disgusting golf for the whole Ryder Cup. What, what does it say about Webb Simpson? He just, you know, it, it sounds like he was just groveling to his parent to try and let him play. No, please, pick me, pick me, pick me. Like... You know, I, I the text messages was like something, quote, I know it's a really tough decision for you. Well, it, this this isn't a relationship. <laughs> you know, it sounds worse than a breakup. I, I saw Simpson say it last week, and I actually think fair play to him. He, he, I think this came out a few days ago, and he he turned around and said, he said, what have I got to lose? I'm going to fire him a text and see what he says. He obviously really wanted to be on the team, and he chanced his arm, and it worked. Yeah, he said, I, I really love this format and I'll do anything to be on the team. Well, probably play better over the course of the two years might have helped. But, well, but uh, it, uh, His form actually, in fairness to him, he's getting slaughtered, but his form coming up to the Ryder Cup was actually, it certainly wasn't any worse than Bill Hassies. He had a couple of top tens. Um, his form wasn't too bad, but he was just awful. And like, I think I'd say the tee shot off the first when he scooped it about 50 yards. Oh, um, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd say that rocked him in fairness for the rest of the weekend. Well, so, but I, 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 have, I have no issue with him when he, when he was, you know, he was chancing his arm. No, I think, I think, look, fair play. Obviously, you want to get on the play in the Ryder Cup team. I think it's more an indictment of how poor Tom Watson it was exactly. as captain than well, anything else. He he wrote an open letter um, in relation to this. This is Tom Watson's letter, and just want to read out a couple of bits of it. Um, he basically said that he regretted that my words may have made the players feel that I didn't appreciate their commitment and dedication to the winning the Ryder Cup. My intentions throughout my term as captain were both to inspire and to be honest. Uh, but I'm not sure he ever inspired anybody, to be honest. Um, 
Secondly, the guys gave everything. Now, they played their heart outs. I was proud to get to know each and every one of them. And I know they are going to win tournaments, be on future Ryder Cup teams and have wonderful careers. Would you agree, Alan, that they gave everything and they played their hearts out? Uh, I don't know. I think there was problems behind the scenes which probably affected maybe how people were playing. Or like, I think a lot of the talk in the last week or so has been uh, a lot of the pundits are coming out and saying, look, at the end of the day, it comes down to how well you play. And uh, it's up to the players. But I, I think at the end of the day... Every every little half inch counts, you know. Every little thing that you can do that can make your team a, a fraction better makes a big difference. And McGinley put in place loads of little things that, that gave his guys a, a bit of an edge over the US guys. And I think I think Watson has obviously is a big reason for the US guys falling falling behind a bit. Well, the interesting bit that I I see after this, and we talked last week about Phil Mickelson's comments straight after and their timing and you know and all the rest, and it seems that everybody seems to be agreeing with Phil a week on the PGA Tour of America president Ted Bishop on the BBC Radio Five Live uh, stated that he absolutely complete completely agreed with Phil Mickelson's comments and that they were putting in place a assembling a task force of former presidents, captains and current players to revamp player selection and captains. And I note in the letter of uh, Tom Watson that he says, As for Phil's comments, I completely understand his reaction in the moment. Earlier this week I had an open and candid conversation with him and it ended with a better understanding of each other's perspectives. Phil's heart, heart and intentions for our team success have always been in the right place. Phil is a great player, has great passion, and I admire what he's done in golf. Is it me, or is it that they need Phil Mickelson more than they need Tom Watson right now, and they've decided that they are going to make sure that they do everything they can to keep Phil Mickelson on side? What do you think of that, Barry? I mean, you want Phil when when this go, when the Ryder Cup goes back next, uh, in two years' time. I mean, he's, he, he was kind of like that father figure for all the players in the team room. And apparently when Watson ripped them all apart after one of the sessions, Phil stood up and then told a, a kind of a motivational, happy story about every single one of the players in the room. And apparently it changed the mood dramatically from this, like, you know, oh my God, we've just been destroyed by our captain to, to everybody being lifted up. So Phil's kind of like the, the godfather on tour of these guys. And um, I, I, I think um, I think it's it's turning out to be a great thing that Phil actually busted this all wide open in immediately after the Ryder Cup because it's it's kind of serving as a catalyst for the US to kind of get their asses in gear and make some wholesale changes that might make this event a bit more competitive now. Well, it's certainly uh, I think it's it's going to run and run and run. They're saying that they're going to have their captain in place by the end of this year, um, but we'll we'll wait and see. All I can say is I actually cannot wait for Christmas Day when I'm going to be sitting down with probably a myriad of Ryder Cup golf books um, and actually read all that happened. Ian Poulter, I think, is first off out of the traps with his book No Limits on the 23rd of October, which is going to have a, a chapter at the end dedicated to Glen Eagles. So be interesting to see what happens but watch this space i suppose and um, looking ahead next week we have i suppose back to kind of the normal events the portugal masters is taking place in uh villamora is that uh, that's correct spot on uh david lynn is defending barry who do you like in terms of players who are competing this week anybody you're gonna have an out punt on and is there any value in the field 
I'd say not very much in terms of value. The, the bookies don't seem to know who to really kind of single out this week. Um, they have put Shane Lowry at the top of the betting at 14-1, to 1, and I think he definitely deserves his title of favourite this week. Uh, he's been playing some phenomenal golf, loves Portugal, and um, he must have gone a load of holidays there as a child or something like that. But uh, How will he react with the beard and that heat, though? That's, that is going to be one sweaty face. Well, I don't know, yeah. I mean, he won, he won it in 2012, um, so it's, it's actually not supposed to be too hot down there this week, so maybe the beard mightn't be as much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, still a you know, bit of a bit of a face crime now in my book. But. Well, hopefully uh, Alvera Quiros, who's on my top 200, and we'll have a better update of that next week, uh, might uh, re- redo what he did in 2008 and uh, go and win it again. Uh, are you having any bets, or are you gonna just no, skip I, it? No, 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 I'm just gonna keep uh, supporting Shane, Shane, and hopefully he gets a win. I think he, this season would just be the cherry on the cake of a great season for him if he could win. The new PGA Tour season seems to have, well, the old one just seems to have finished, and the brand new one seems to start. Um, it starts this week uh, with the Fries.com Open in California, in, in Napa, California. I'm sure they'll have a few glasses of wine up there in the valleys, but um, 43 regular events, four World Golf WGCs, four majors, four FedEx Cup final playoffs events. It's standard enough uh, over the next 52 odd weeks yeah. between now and, and next year. But Jimmy Walker defends this week in the Fries.com. Um, Jared Lyle is probably at the moment the story of the week. This is the two-time leukemia survivor who didn't get a sponsor's uh, exemption but has qualified last thing on Monday to, to tee it up. So there's there's an interesting story in him, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, Alan, anybody you're looking at over the course of, of the fries, fries.com uh, event and uh, are you going to put your hand in that very deep pocket of yours and do something you don't do normally and put some money on? So have you found that value? I, uh, I certainly have not. No, <laughs> I, I think that's definitely the right call this week because they're they're going back to a course that they haven't played on on the tour since 1980, I think, if my uh, research is correct. So it's a Silverado Resort and Spa's North Course in Napa, California. So I don't know, whoever gets a, a nice combination of wine and a good swing this week and figures out how to read the greens better than the other guys. I'm assuming Jimenez isn't playing, because if he was, you'd be backing him, wouldn't you? <laughs> Jimenez is probably doing a tour of all the uh, eight, 18, 18 wineries instead of 18 holes. Yeah, I'd say he's down in Portugal in any event, is he? Um, could be, could be, yeah. So, uh, I, I did see that Jeff Overton, has, I was looking at him yesterday, and he was 150 to 1, and he's now 100 to 1. So there's obviously been a bit of money for him. I think uh, I read somewhere that he's... But he's generally pretty hot at the start of the season, so I just think he's a young Jim Furyk, like probably good for three rounds only. Possibly, yeah, which is probably reflected in those odds, all right. Well, that's interesting. Well, I suppose uh, it's probably nearly a, a pin in the dartboard kind of stuff out there. Then uh, this week, and we'll 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 
we'll know fairly shortly and we'll be talking about it yeah. next week. Could be worth keeping an eye on players from California. They, they tend to kind of do quite well close to home. So that might be that's our that's our top tip for the week, I guess. Yeah, and if there's loads of clay pigeon shooting going on, Brad Snedeker is there at twenty five to one. So uh, maybe he's uh, he's something to have a look at. But uh, we'll, we'll have a better note. We'll, we'll have a better look at it all. Bye, Keep supporting, keep downloading, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a million.